Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is Josh Norris, once again, with the most important podcast in the universe. That is the Roto-World Football Podcast. What would you do without us? We are heading into week seven. Obviously, uh, all of you, thank you for supporting us. Um, Thank you for supporting Roto-World Live, our show every Sunday at noon Eastern, where we help you set your optimal lineup. Thank you for allowing me to work so I have a place to live next to the train tracks. I used to hear this train <laughs> going by. And thank you for supporting Ray Summerlin, who is on the phone slash Skype with me. All right, Ray, the simplest mm-hmm. question of all time. Yeah. What is your favorite color? It's not a simple question. I don't like the idea of there being a favorite color, like that I have to narrow my my hue preferences down to one. You have like, to. That's why I'm asking you. No, I don't have to. I can like many colors. I, I like red. Okay, I like red's blue. your favorite because you said it first. No, I like That's black. That's how we conclude on things. You like black? I, of course you do because it's like your heart is supposed to be red, but it's also black because, you know, you are Ray Summerlin. Oh, because of all of the chicken fried steak I eat? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> no, that's not where I was going with it, Ray. Uh, Ray, since you asked, mine is blue. Um, Yours is blue. Yeah, you you seem like a blue. I, my my closet is like ninety percent blue. Like I, I really don't buy anything unless it's gray or blue, and that will not surprise anyone. Ray, I also don't wear blue jeans though. No, I I I will take a firm stand that I hate jeans. Thank you. I, you are the only was, person on this universe that agrees with me here. When I was a teacher, like the way that they like would have like Friday would be jean day. I'm like, that's not a reward. No. Jeans are horribly uncomfortable. Yes. Like who likes jeans? I prefer slacks to jeans. Thank you. Any day of the week. And a khaki short, a khaki short is just the the best Saturday wear. I have no idea these people running around in jeans. I, I, I don't really wear shorts, to be honest, because uh, I feel like I am a ticking time bomb waiting to happen with people looking at my legs and just blinding them like the sun. If you stare at it too long, it's like the eclipse. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, All right, Ray, let's get into what a weekend it was. Let's try to recap it a little bit and also spin it forward. Obviously, the Dallas Cowboys were off, but maybe the biggest news of the weekend. I mean, if it's kind of news, we don't even know what's going to unfold and happen here. But Ezekiel Elliott, at some point, most likely would be suspended for six games. Maybe it's this week. Maybe it's not. Who knows? What we really care about, honestly, 
is that the running back position for the Cowboys will need to be filled. Is it going to be Alfred Morris or is it going to be Derek McFadden? Give me the truth here. I have no idea. And the two things here are, first of all, we're recording this on Monday. By the time you're listening to this, it's very possible that Elliot is not suspended and that the injunction comes back and we have to wait for another rehearing. And it's another, you know, just three or four weeks where we don't know what's going on. So it's, you know, this is such a fluid situation. And that extends into the backup situation with Alfred Morris and DeMarco, and excuse me, not DeMarco Murray and Darren That would McFadden. be nice for them. <laughs> that would They would be pretty excited about that, I think, at this point. But yeah, with Darren McFadden. And what, you know, what I hear going on is, well, how could you not think Alfred Morris was is going to be the guy? He's actually been active, and that makes some sense, obviously, on some level. And the other side goes, well, yeah, but Darren McFadden's the one that's more of a three-down back. They seem like that he's the guy that they trust as their starter. I fall more on that side. I fall on the Darren McFadden side, and I know that seems crazy because he just he hasn't been active, but. Teams do not expect the same things, I don't think, from the backup running back as they do the starting running back, specifically Dallas included. And I don't, uh, specifically Dallas, excuse me. And I don't know if Alfred Morris is able to fill the role that they want to fill. The real answer probably is that it's going to be a committee. It's not going to be as exciting a fantasy situation as we might hope it to be. So I'm, you know, I think that both need to be picked up. I would pick up Darren McFadden first, just be based on pure guessing and pure kind of looking at the situation and hoping I can figure out what happens. But yeah, it's, it's about as clear as mud at this point. I, I will say Alfred Morris for no other reason other than one of us then will be right. Sure. Exactly. So we're covering all the bases here. Um, all right, Ray, I feel like before on a previous episode, you discussed Orleans Darkwa and how he might emerge as the top back in the giants backfield. Well, Hey, it happened, and Paul Perkins is, like, so gone, he's just, like, not even gone, gone. close enough to be waving at us and for us to see him. Uh, but Orleans Darkwood looked good, and it was interesting. I think it was, it was a Sunday night game. That's what it was. And Chris Collinsworth talked about how Darkwa is, is very good at understanding where the play is supposed to go, where the play is called to, what hole, what gap, everything – and hitting it as fast and as hard as he can. Meanwhile, Wayne Gallman, who is the rookie from Clemson, uh, kind of freelances. I'm not sure if I totally agree with that, but it's an interesting dichotomy, and we for sure probably got that information from the coaches because I'm sure they said that in their meetings with the production crew. What I'm getting at, Ray, is Orland Zarqua is the running back to own in the Giants' backfield, isn't he? Yeah, and I like that you, you're trying to give me credit for Darkwa, who I probably mentioned a couple times, leaving out the fact that I also mentioned Gallman two weeks ago. And that's the way this backfield has been the last couple weeks. It it seems like it continues to flip. This time it was Darkwa, and as has seemed to be the case throughout his career with the Giants, they gave him a shot, and he performed. And he performed not against a cake defense. He performed against a defense which had held Melvin Gordon, Ezekiel Elliott, LaShawn McCoy, and Marshawn Lynch in check in their first four games. So it wasn't some cake schedule. You have to think that that then means they're going to continue to use him moving forward. But I think we thought that with Gallman after his kind of good cameo that one week, and then they came in and they used Darkwood too. So I, I am concerned about this situation. I'm also concerned about this situation because this is a team who has struggled to run the football for seemingly ever. And so, you know, they had one great game. Are they going to be able to continue that? It is heartening that this one great game came in the same game that Ben McAdoo gave up the play calling duties. So maybe those two things are connected. 
And I mean, and then the final problem you have is the passing game. You know, this was a big win for the Giants, and it kind of covered up the idea, the fact that the passing game outside of Evan Ingram did nothing. And even with Evan Ingram didn't do that much. So is this a sustainable situation moving forward? All of that said, Dark was going to be in startable territory this week with, you know, in a better than you think matchup against the Seahawks. But I, I don't know if I'm willing to jump you know, two feet first yeah. into the Dark will pool. So you're prioritizing the Dallas backfield over the Giants backfield. Is that what I can take from this? Or are you prioritizing our next name, which is Dion Lewis out of the Patriots backfield, a again team that benched Mike Gillisley after fumbling. I believe he was reinserted at some point in the game, but obviously Bill Belichick has a history of doing that with running backs in the past, and obviously our favorite Rex Burkhead is also looming in the distance. Yeah, I think I would take the Dallas running backs ahead of Darkwa, and I think I would take Darkwa ahead of Deion Lewis for the reason that you mentioned, is that, I mean— First things first, he started this game. Deion Lewis started this game. Um, and and Mike Gillis, well, yes, that was the other thing. I, I don't know why this has been a problem all year. They seems like they need to use him more. And they have been using him more recently. So I don't know if Mike Gillisley's fumble carries all of the blame for this. Because Lewis had been getting more work, had seen a snap share increase, had been getting work in the red zone. He's hmm. He has seven touches inside the red zone and four inside the 10, including two touchdowns in the last three games. So that part wasn't new either. So I don't think that this was all on Gillisley fumble. Probably had a little bit to do with it, what it wasn't all on that. But I mean, once Rex Burkhead gets back, now we're to a four-man a four man backfield where you know, how are you going to predict what's going to happen week to week? Can you start any of them outside of maybe James White? I don't know the answer to that question. But we have seen Deion Lewis's upside in this offense. We demonstrated upside in this offense. So even though I'm not going to probably throw him into starting lineups next week, I do think he's a he's a kind of speculative ad in all leagues simply because we've seen him be a great fantasy player before in the, on this team. Yeah, and I'm with you that James White's kind of the only consistent force in this backfield. We thought that Mike Gillisley would be in short yard situations, but obviously that, again, that early fumble changes things. I, I always think it's interesting, Ray, that like teams punish players for fumbling when like obviously they know fumbling is a bad thing to do the player does and if you're just talking about uh carries wise statistics uh probability then he's most likely not going to fumble for another what 100 something times so it just always eats at me when like oh punish you put you in timeout blah 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 just well, make sense well everybody knows or you should know that positive reinforcement is better than negative consequences. If you want to, if you want to drill home a lesson, but NFL coaches, it does not seem, it does not seem like that is there. That is their modus operandi. But I mean, this, I, if you have to know at this point, if you're a Patriot and you fumble, it's, it's especially a running back. Yeah. It's not going to go well for you. All right, Ray, let's talk about blue apron. Just before this, we were discussing blue apron and you went to go get your recipe. I want to see it in a second or hear about it in a second. But I need to tell you, Ray, because you did not know this. It is Blue Apron's five-year anniversary. And did you know that your favorite Blue Apron recipes are back on the menu for a limited time only, and the recipes are all picked by you? Try out Blue Apron's all-time customer favorites by going to blueapron.com slash roto fb ray what was that recipe that you tried out recently it wasn't recently it was right before we got on to record this pasta uh, this this pasta 
this podcast. <laughs> it was uh, it was penne pasta and delicata squash. I think it's delicata. I don't uh-huh. know. With kale and ricotta cheese, which, by the way, ricotta, ricotta cheese, cheese. Perhaps the best cheese. Oh, like it, interesting. It's in the what running a take. For best cheese. I, really? There is nothing better than a properly made calzone, CC Ben Wyatt, with ricotta cheese. It's just. I love it. I think really? it's I think it's an amazing cheese. Huh. That's interesting. Ray, I have this idea every time this image that pops into my head whenever you talk about Blue Apron and cooking with your wife, that it's like the most romantic scene ever, like candles and glasses no. of red wine, and it's just like this little dinner date that you guys have. How close am I with that image that pops in my head? Very far away. <laughs> it is a <laughs> It is a clean distribution of duties in which we in which we get the food made as quickly and efficiently as possible while still getting to have a conversation. Occasionally, occasionally the TV is on. Once again, Blue Apron is affordable for less than $10 per person per meal. It's flexible. It's very easy and it's guaranteed. Ray will tell you that. Check out this week's menu and get $30 off your first meal with free shipping. Again, $30 off with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash rotofb, R-O-T-O-F-B. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals like Ray and his wife do with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash rotofb, Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Ray, let's get into some wide receivers. Juju Smith-Schuster has been cooking a little bit, maybe not so much this week. But he certainly has seemingly overtaken our favorite, one of them, Martavis Bryant, which is just a whole nother conversation in itself. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Martavis Bryant played his lowest snap share of the season against the Chiefs. Rumors emerged after the game that he was unhappy and requested a trade earlier in the season. He refuted those rumors, but you know that's kind of par for the course in these situations. So it seems like there's at least something there, and at 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 the best, this looks like a troubled marriage, we should say, mm-hmm. for sure. The, that's good news for Juju Smith-Schuster, who outsnapped Bryant for the fourth game in a row against the Chiefs. It didn't result in any fantasy success because Ben Roethlisberger threw the ball just 25 times. But Smith-Schuster was actually the second leading receiver on the team behind Antonio Brown, which certainly stands for something. Now, it could turn out being that this Steelers passing attack this year is simply not good enough to support two fantasy options. It's going to be Antonio Brown, whatever Le'Veon Bell picks up in the passing game, and then that's it. But I do think there's enough upside here to stash Smith-Schuster in leagues, all leagues really, but especially in deeper leagues, and kind of see what happens, see how this shakes out. And if Bryant gets traded, I mean, then mm-hmm. you know, the sky's the limit here. Uh, I forgot to shout out our subscribers. Thank you to all of you, by the way. And if you're not you should consider subscribing, especially if you are enjoying this episode. We also have another episode on Thursday and Friday. I'm talking to you, Isaac and Israel and Isaiah and Ian and Ivan and Ibrahim, 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 Ignacio yeah. and Igor, all of you. Uh, right. Let's get into Brett Hundley, the new starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. I mean, it feels like just yesterday, Brett Hundley was at UCLA, was kind of in that discussion with Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston. And then, I mean, I even forgot this until today. He was drafted in the fifth round, and Ray, he, he was drafted behind names like Garrett Grayson and Sean Mannion and obviously Bryce Petty as well. Um, possibly for some reasons we could discuss at another time, but Ray, what do you think about Brett Hundley? What do you think he, he performed? How do you think he performed on Sunday? I thought that he performed better than his numbers. I, I'm not going to say he was good, 
But when you looked at his numbers and you said, oh, well, that was a bad performance, I don't think it was. Two of his interceptions were bad decisions. Two of them were tipped, but the first one was just late into the flat, don't want to do that. And, you know, he missed some throws. But if you watch what he's able to do down the sidelines, he was able to hit Jordy Nelson down the sidelines, Devontae Adams down the sidelines a couple times, throws you would expect to see in Green Bay's offense. And I thought his touchdown, Devontae Adams, while you know people said, well, Adams was wide open, I thought the play he made before, stepping up in the pocket. Oh, it was great. I thought it was a very, very good play. So I, I saw some things there that that I like. The problem moving forward is that obviously this offense is diminished without Aaron Rodgers. There's no, there's no sane person who would say otherwise. But you look at this matchup with the Saints, and you think, well, this would be an opportunity for him. But the Saints have, I, I hope not quietly, but it seems quietly, been pretty good on defense their last three games. They absolutely dismantled the Lions' offensive line. I mean, mm-hmm. Cam Jordan was unstoppable on Sunday, and he has been, it seems like, all year. And Matthew Stafford just couldn't find any time to throw. Their secondary is playing a lot better with Marshawn Lattimore, and, and I believe Ken Crawley is his name on the other side, which I I hadn't heard of Ken Crawley before he entered that game. I think it was in London he entered that game, and, I, and he came in, and it was just amazing. So I, I think that, they're, you know, that defense is pretty good. All of that said you have to at least look at Hunley this week because there's nothing else out there. I mean, you have Jared Goff going up against Arizona. Maybe that's something you have Tyrod Taylor, who's in a pretty good spot against Tampa Bay, but who's he going to throw to? Right. And after that, it's just, it's not pretty. Andy Dalton gets the Steelers and he's, first of all, the Steelers are very good on defense and we know that he struggles against divisional opponents or teams that he faces often. So you just look around. There's not much out there. I think that Hunley is a streaming option, but I'm not as excited about it as maybe seeing the Saints on the other side would make you think you should be excited about it. And it's not like the rushing upside was there maybe on Sunday, but it's been there in the past with him, especially in college. And so that's obviously something we always want to feed into and look at. I will say, though, that like the, 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 the Packers went into this game with both their starting offensive tackles and then once again left the game without them, I believe. so. And Lane Taylor. like They lost three <laughs> offensive linemen in it's the same good. game. It's, it's just good. like I think Clay Matthews said something to the effect of like they're snake bitten or they can't believe their injury luck. And he has, yeah. he has a point. And there are a lot of teams that can make that point this year. It's just not been pretty. Uh, Ray, I didn't prepare you for this question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Can I run through a few names and like ask you if they are droppable or not? Sure. Uh, Martavis Bryant. No, because of the opportunity, the chance that he gets traded and the chance that he gets back into this offense, I'm still going to hang on to him, but I'm not starting him by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, same for Jamison Crowder. Jamison Crowder is droppable. I mean, he's been a top 50 receiver one time this year and he, that was 48th. Not good. Uh, how about Isaiah Crowell, who had like his second best game of the season? Yeah, he's kind of bounced back a little bit recently. And, and bounced back is a relative term in his case. It was like 80 I, yards. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that I think that that's enough to, to keep him around. Okay. Those are kind of all the names I wanted to mention. Um, what about Sammy Watkins? Aha. He of 28 receiving yards over the last three games. And I understand, like, he, he faced some difficult opponents. He faced the Jaguars. He faced the Seahawks, yada, yada, yada. But, like, Ray, this is Sammy Watkins. This is a receiver who was tr- just traded for a second-round pick, who obviously the Rams have some receiving talent and, and offensive weapons around him, but he still should be a wide receiver one, quote-unquote, He's not doing anything. Like, I understand the excuses, again, teams he played, but a good wide receiver at least puts up points in those places. I'm holding on to him for one more week. I originally had him on the drop list. Yeah. 
but I'm holding on to it for one more week because I because I think that golf is going to have a good game this week, and so maybe that helps. Is it the Cardinals but, this week? That's it's the Cardinals, right? It's the Cardinals. And Patrick, Patrick Peterson is hurt. And will he even shadow Sammy Watkins at this point? I know it's like, a good question. That's a fair question. And if golf's going to have a good game, then you know can Watkins get some? Last time that golf had a really good game, obviously Watkins exploded against the 49ers. That's the one thing that's keeping him off the drop list this week. That's that's the only thing. If he struggles again, he's going to be on it next week. Ray, it's time for deep cuts, and he's not a deep cut guy, but I got to give a shout out to my boy Ted Ginn Jr. for having quite a game. Uh, but Ray, it's your turn. himself a day. Looked like it was going to be better as well. The Saints didn't have to because it was so it. early. He was putting yep. up points. Had himself a day. Took took a drop, dump off twenty yards for a touchdown. Had another one. He got pushed out at the one. Oh, uh, that would have made your life, right? Uh, yeah, it's close. I mean, few things can make me happy anymore, but Ted Ginn <laughs> succeeding is one of them. I mean, hey, it was you the guys with like who drop passes had big days, and it's been Will Fuller, big plays. And it's been Ted Ginn, big plays. I'm just all about that big play life, man. There you go. Uh, all right, so yeah, go ahead with deep cuts. Some deep cuts here. Charles Sims has nine catches in the last two games and for some reason has become a much bigger part of the offense now that Doug Martin's back. I don't understand that at all, but it's happening. So I at least have to mention it for those of you in deeper PPR leagues. Laquan Treadwell, we do not know about Stefan Diggs. Michael Floyd left with a calf injury. He made a great play on the sideline. Maybe there's going to be something there. And then another guy who I just keep hoping for, John Ross, hmm. practiced on Monday. Big plays. He's talented. He can make some big plays. He's probably not going to do much going to do much this year, but in deeper leagues, maybe he's worth a stash to see if he can stay healthy. Because if he can stay healthy, he's talented enough to be a, a big time fantasy player. And this obviously is not a deep cut. He's mentioned with the others, and he might even be over 50% owned, but I don't know. But, Ray, I, I really think Deontay Foreman, or Dante Foreman, however you want to say it, mm-hmm. um, is, is absolutely worth an ad this week. Because maybe not this week, maybe not next week or whatever, but I feel like he's a name that as we go along for the rest of the season could emerge as the lead ball carrier in that offense, and an offense that's obviously hitting in all cylinders. Yeah, he's owned at, I think, like 23, 25% of leagues. He's been on my ad list for, I don't know, three weeks now, and I'm going to keep putting him on there because right. I agree with you. There's He is one of the higher upside, I don't want to say handcuffs because that's not what he is. He has a role in that offense, and yeah. he, he should have had, probably should have had a long touchdown um, this week. I really don't know why he didn't try to run over Trooper Peppers one-on-one, but that's just not his game. Like, it's odd. He's a big back who kind of plays small in some regards. Yeah, so I agree with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly. He will, once again, be on my ad list this week. Nice. And you can check out that list over at rotorworld.com. It is Ray's Waiver Wire piece. Ray, thanks so much. Ray's hosting the Thursday episode. I'm hosting the Friday episode. And you can check us both out on Rotoworld Live, presented by Kia, each Sunday. Until then, we'll talk to you all soon. See ya. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. 
Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 